This episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep with their free trial. You can learn more at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 77. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Apologize for not having an episode for you last week. I'm in the middle of moving and tying up old jobs and getting ready to move out to St. Louis. Excited about that. This week, we are going to Fairgrove, Michigan to talk to Pastor Joshua Haller. He is the pastor of Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church there. Pastor Haller, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Help orient us geographically. We're in Fairgrove, Michigan. Where is that? It's in what uh, we in Michigan like to call the thumb. So oftentimes Michigan is used, uh, the map is, is our hand. So we're just on the crest of the thumb, um, just east of some major cities, uh, Bay City and Saginaw, uh, probably 50 miles north of Flint, which a lot of people seem to know, for better or worse. And then I'd say probably 100 miles north of Detroit. So, um, yeah, just outside of the area of some some of our bigger cities in, in the state. Okay. So when you talk about looking at your hand, it's for our international listeners, it's like you're looking at the back of your left hand with your thumb pointing to the right. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. So, so you're yep. at basically kind of at the knuckle of the thumb or so, or where where is it? Yeah, maybe a little higher than that. So we're we're just south of of uh, Saginaw Bay, so Lake Huron. Uh, we're just maybe I don't know ten miles south of that. So we're we're high up, uh, higher than say Detroit would be, uh, maybe at the knuckle. Um, so yeah, just just inside the thumb. Okay, got it. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you come to Fairgrove? Well, I uh, was a graduate of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Fairgrove was uh, my call right out of seminary, uh, which was uh, been here for now six years and have really enjoyed uh, my time here. Serving here for about four years after that, I got married, and since then we've been married for almost two. Yeah, like I said, we absolutely love it here. Fantastic. Tell us a little bit about more about your time before you went to Fort Wayne. Did you grow up and move in lots of different places, or did you mostly were you mostly in one area? I was mostly in one area. So I've been in Michigan my entire life, and uh, grew up in the Detroit Metro Detroit area, uh, more so maybe near Ann Arbor. Um, my family's been there for years and years, and. Uh, so grew up there and then went to Concordia University in Ann Arbor uh, and got my uh, bachelor's degree there until going to, to Fort Wayne. So Michigan is my home, and I'm so glad to still be here. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about how what you would characterize Michigander culture as. How would you com- compare and contrast it with maybe some of the neighbors in in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, so I always enjoy Michigan because of its wide variety of places and people. 
you have your big cities, you have the Metro Detroit area, which is very busy, uh, but you can quickly escape there to say where I'm at, uh, which is very rural and, and open and wide. Um, and, and then you can go farther north and the terrain changes and uh, becomes a little hillier, uh, certainly a lot more trees and lakes. Um, and then you can go even farther north into the Upper Peninsula, and it's like you've entered into a completely different world. Um, and yet you're still in the state of Michigan. So um, I don't, you know, I, I think Wisconsin's probably a lot like that too, I hear. Um, but uh, I feel like Michigan just has this wide range of, of places and, and people. Uh, it's, it's tough to say that Michigan is sort of all the same, uh, whether that be, again, the places or the people. It's, it's got a good variety. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like out here in Washington State, people think of Seattle as like everything Seattle, but, you know, you can go out to yeah. eastern Washington. It's kind of a desert. You can go to the peninsula, which is very remote. So it sounds like mm -hmm. Michigan, even though it's, as we were talking about, just one state, there's tons of variety and tons of different facets to it. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a little bit of everything. So um, that that opens up a, a lot of opportunities for, for whatever you like. Great. Tell us a little bit more about Fairgrove. What are some of the best things about the area? Well, Fairgrove, as I said, is in the thumb. And the thumb, I think, uh, for the most part, is viewed, again, as very rural. Uh, it's uh, every community is a farming community. Um, so the terrain out here is, is quite flat with lots of open fields. We've become more and more known for our uh, windmills that are around here, which kind of scare people, I think, at first. But uh, it's very flat, so it's kind of windy. But um, And so growing up in Metro Detroit, I was not used to this kind of area. Uh, certainly aware of it and visited and, and that sort of thing. But um, living out here is kind of uh, much different than what I was used to growing up. But I've come to really love and appreciate uh, everything about it. Um, the farming communities are wonderful communities, hardworking people, put a lot of pride into what they do. Uh, and you kind of come become a part of that. Um, and even though I'm not farming, I still feel a part of that sort of uh, farming group. And uh, I enjoy the quiet, peaceful time that, that you do get out here. It's not busy. There are very few uh, street lights and that sort of thing. So you can, you can get away and uh, it's, it's very beautiful and enjoyable. In fact, I just think I saw a bald eagle fly right over the field behind us here. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a great place to live if you're looking for that quiet farm-like feel. Absolutely. Say a little bit more about that. You mentioned the contrast of growing up in the Detroit metro area with now being out in Fairgrove. What would you say are some of the major differences? There's, of course, the access to conveniences and stores and the <clears throat> contrast of culture. What, what are some of those other facets that you'd bring out for us? Yeah, I guess life is just a little... Uh, slower around here. Um, I've heard that about the South. You know, life's just a little slower down in the southern states of our country. I feel like it's kind of that way here. Back in Metro Detroit, it's very busy. Lots of traffic. People are moving. 
um, uh, you know, it never slows down really. Um, so it's sort of chaotic and, and very busy. Whereas out here, I mean, it's still busy, of course, and people are working hard. Um, but just life is, is sort of simpler. And uh, people who are still in this area are here for that very reason. Um, and oftentimes you'll hear them complain about the big city. And they're sort of terrified of, say, Detroit. And of just driving down there kind of terrifies them. Because here it's just so simpler. Um, and, and so it's a great escape in that way from, uh, from something like Detroit or even Saginaw Bay City. Um, so it's, yeah, it, uh, the community here, I think, is much more of an importance than, say, in the metro Detroit area, where at times, you know, towns and cities uh, can just be kind of jumbled together. And uh, whereas here, your town's your town, and you take great pride in that. That makes sense. What are some of the challenges about being there? Well, I guess one of the challenges is that there, there's less and less people who live uh, in these communities. Farming, as I'm sure everyone knows, is becoming uh, uh, something that, um, you know, at one time you could drive down a road and you'd see a farmhouse, and that was that family's farm, that piece of land there. Now farmers are farming sort of all over the place. The, the families that we have in our in our congregation who farm have places in several different towns that they have to go to. So there's less farming, less farmers who are out here. And that's basically the, the biggest opportunity for work. So a lot of people are moving out. A lot of the younger people are moving out. Um, and the older generations kind of staying home for now. So, yeah, there's just less people here. And, and no, one's, no one's necessarily moving to Fairgrove or to any of the surrounding towns necessarily. So that can be difficult. Um, and I think, you know, more difficult, I would say, for our people that they see that happening. It's kind of sad for them that uh, these towns are becoming smaller and smaller and things are closing down and um, it's not what it used to be, so to speak. But even if there's less people here, there's still always work to be done for those who, who are here. Yeah, what are some of those challenges of of shrinking beyond the the challenge, of course, of having you know fewer neighbors and friends around? Challenging for the for the church, or just in general? In general. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's more of a of a, a challenge of just kind of accepting that fact, and there's really nothing anyone can do about it. Um, you know, certainly there are new businesses that are that are being started in, in the area and so forth. But I think it's pretty much an accepted reality that that this place won't be what it used to be, which was a booming farming community. And even before that, it was a booming logging community. Um, I think it's just uh, maybe a tough pill for some to swallow that uh, what once was isn't anymore. And I mean, that's probably for any place things change. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's just, uh, sad, I think for, for some of the older generation. Yeah. Let's go on and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran there. Yeah, this is a great Lutheran community, uh, throughout the thumb. Um, uh, 
historically the, the Missouri Synod, Frederick Winnikin, um, came to the, the Frankenmuth Saginaw area and began uh, planting many Lutheran churches. So there's great pride uh, that comes from the, the Saginaw Bay area as far as Lutheran churches are concerned and that spread throughout the thumb. So Lutheranism is not foreign to our communities by any means. Uh, we have a few Lutheran school, uh, Lutheran grade schools in the area. We have a Lutheran high school uh, in Saginaw. Um, so there's there's great history of the Lutheran church um, throughout the, the thumb and Saginaw Bay area. Okay. You mentioned a gentleman's name who is the church planner. What, who was that again? That was Winnikin, uh, who came from uh, Fort Wayne up up north to, to, again, the Saginaw area and ministered to Native Americans. Um, and one of the largest churches that had a great impact in the area is St. Lawrence in Frankenmuth, um, which is known for its tourist attractions. But first and foremost, that was a, a Lutheran town. And the, the church there uh, started uh, and from there were planted other churches in other Franken towns, Frankenlust and Franken, uh, trying to think of the other ones. Uh, but there's, there's four of them in total. Um, and so from those mother churches, really, Lutheranism spread throughout the area. Um, so it's really thanks to him and that mission work there that we have such a solid foundation uh, of Lutheranism in this area. That's good to hear. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, if you like podcasts, you will enjoy Audible. It's a service that gives you a audiobook to listen to each month of your choice from a large library. And they want to get you started with a free trial offer that includes an audiobook that you get to keep. So go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook and start your free trial today. If you're not sure what book to check out, I'd recommend taking a look at Pastor Brian Wolf Mueller's Has American Christianity Failed? Pastor Wolf Mueller was a guest on episode 9, and his book on American Christianity goes through the various pitfalls that you see in big box churches as well as, well as American evangelicalism in general. Well worth checking out. Start your free trial today at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Let's get back to our guest. Tell us a little bit more about the the culture there. Would you say that it's predominantly a Christian ethos, or is it more secular, or is it kind of the civil religion of moralistic therapeutic deism in general? Not not specifically in the churches, but kind of in that area. Yeah, I, I would say it's mostly conservative, and um, I think folks would like to think that it's, it's because of Christianity that it's conservative. I think there's there's quite a few unchurched people though, and so so that that last moralistic deism might be a better description overall. So it's it can be quite a mix where you can drive down the road and see a Confederate flag being waved, and then a mile down there would be a, a rainbow flag for or 
for gay pride. Um, so it can be either or really, but I think mainly uh, this is uh, a red area on the map. This is a conservative uh, Republican, and again, I think most people would like to say Christian uh, area. I see. Now, let's talk about what it's like to raise a family there. I know that you're you're only recently married, but what would you say is the experience for your parishioners in, in terms of uh, raising a family, educational options? What's it like there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great place to raise a family. I think uh, any rural community is a wonderful place to raise children, uh, to surround them uh, with nature and with, again, the idea of a farming community to teach them how food is grown uh, and how uh, it comes from hard work and also from reliance upon God's provision. Um, so just right there and then, I think it's a, it's a great place where they're not swamped with uh, city life, but I, I think uh, the, the quieter, peaceful life uh, in which you can get outside and, and, and work hard in your community, in your yard, in your garden, what have you, I think there's wonderful opportunities uh, for children there. Uh, as I said, education opportunities, we have uh, a number of Lutheran schools in our area. Uh, quite a few of our children in the congregation attend those. Uh, as I uh, because of sort of a conservative feel in our in our communities, the public schools, uh, I would not consider to be dangerous as far as teaching secular ideas, although, they are still public schools. They're run by the government. So I can't say that for certain. Uh, but there's also uh, a lot of families in this area who homeschool. And so there's homeschooling co-ops and so forth that um, even though it's uh, you know a, a rural area, there's still groups that, that meet for that sort of thing as well. So uh, you have your options here. And I think um, for, for my wife and myself, uh, the Lord has not blessed us with children yet, but we look forward to that day and we see so many opportunities to raise our children in an area like this and we really look forward to it. Great. You mentioned homeschooling. That's a great option. Is Michigan fairly friendly or tolerant towards homeschooling then? Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's tough to say overall, but I don't think there's any area throughout Michigan that doesn't have uh, some sort of opportunity for homeschooling and homeschooling co-ops. Like I said, uh, even in our rural area, there are groups that, that meet. Uh, my wife actually has uh, participated and helped in teaching at a homeschooling co-op. Um, and certainly because of the pandemic this past year, um, homeschooling has been, been seen as maybe a, a good option for some families. Uh, whereas before the pandemic, they weren't considering it at all. Um, maybe now they see some some of the great benefits of, of homeschooling. Um, and it's not just considered this sort of strange <laughs> uh, group of people who do, do homeschooling work, but it's becoming more and more popular. Um, and I think so, uh, especially among our, our Lutheran churches, um, it's becoming more and more uh, of, of an option for families to do. I see. So let's go on and talk a little bit more about the area. If you had a friend coming into town, what would you say? Ah, you got to go check this out. Things to do, places to eat. 
So there's not a whole lot in Fairgrove itself. Uh, it's a very small town, population of about 500 people. Um, so there's not uh, really much to do in the town itself, but it's very easy to get from one side of the thumb to the other uh, and to travel because there's just not a lot of traffic. So that's, that's the beauty of it. I would say Frankenmuth has to be on the top of the list. Um, it's it's uh, a Bavarian town that uh, hosts uh, many festivals throughout the year, especially in the summer. Uh, there is a festival every weekend for just about anything you can think of. So the town is is booming with with shops and restaurants um, and and things to see and to do. Uh, so Frankenmuth is is uh, really a, a wonderful place, sort of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you, you drive off the highway for a little while and you're wondering where are we going? And then boom, here's this just kind of beautiful, nice town that you want to spend the day in. Uh, it also has uh, Bronner's Christmas store, which is supposedly the largest Christmas store in the world, uh, open almost all year round. Uh, so that's got to be a place to go. Uh, Saginaw and Bay City are great place, great cities to, to visit. Um, uh, lots of shopping and restaurants uh, and opportunities uh, around that Bay Area, especially in Bay City, uh, to go to the water, to the beach, and what have you. Um, it's interesting that Fairgrove, again, is maybe 10 miles south of Lake Huron, but you actually, it's very difficult to get to Lake Huron because inside of the Bay, there aren't uh, a lot of uh, waterfronts. It's mostly... Uh, marsh and it's wooded uh, so you kind of have to go to the tip of the thumb and then the east side of the thumb where you can get to the water and enjoy it so kind of the first town to do that is is up in Caseville uh, which a lot of folks from uh, Detroit come in vacation uh, so it's a wonderful kind of uh, vacation area and, and lots of beaches to go and then you can go all the way to Port Austin which is another beautiful uh, town to go to. Um, so, uh, like I said, yeah, you know, not a, a ton to do in Fairgrove, but very easily to get to places um, that uh, you can find lots to do. And that's kind of the beauty of it that my wife and I enjoy, is we can go to these places, uh, but then come back home, and it's nice and quiet. <laughs> and we enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about anything that we might have missed or that I haven't asked about that you think, oh, we really have to talk about this about Michigan <laughs> or about Fairgrove. Well, um, you know, again, I absolutely love this state. And uh, as does my wife, she's from the Grand Rapids area. So on the west side of the state. So she's a west sider. I'm an east sider. Um, but now we're we're. Uh, planting our roots here in in the thumb, and uh, I think it's just a wonderful, uh, wonderful place to live and to raise a family, um, and we're looking forward to, to certainly doing that. Fantastic! You mentioned West Sider and East Sider. Are there any cultural divides between the two sides of the state beyond just the the basically kind of more city orientation of the Detroit Metro, or is there more to it than that? Um, I'd say on the west side, uh, there's there's sort of a uh, there's a lot of Dutch over on the west side, um, and so it's uh, very much a reformed 
um, uh, uh, area as far as churches go, whereas the east side is, is much more urban and city life, so there's a wide range of different kinds of people and races and ethnicities and so forth. I guess there's sort of always sort of a rivalry between the west side and east side, which, you know, it's just fun and games. But um, for the most part, um, the cultures, I would say, very similar um, on, on both sides of, of the state. All right, great. So now, Pastor Haller, as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure that to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like. Your church's website, places to follow you online, where would you like to send our listeners? Yeah, so we have a website, gracefairgrove.org, uh, and there you can find just about all the information you'll need about our church and where it is and what it's like. Um, we're also on Facebook, just looking up Grace Lutheran Church in Fairgrove, uh, where things are posted, including uh, right now we're still uh, live streaming our services and so forth. Um, so yeah, both those places, you'll get a good feel of, of who we are and, and what takes place here. Fantastic. Thanks again for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Boy, uh, well, if you're ever in the area, stop by. We'd, we'd love to see you. Uh, but uh, uh, I hope and I pray that wherever your listeners are, uh, that uh, the beauty of the church is that we are spread out far and wide, and yet we are united as one in the communion of the saints. Um, I always love to point that out to our parishioners here that here in Fairgrove we don't just worship with those who are gathered but we worship with all the towns around us and uh, with all of the churches not just here in, in our in our little town uh, but throughout the world amen thank you again god's peace thank you same to you thanks for listening to the lutheran cartographer for more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page. That'll be at lutherancartographer.com slash 77. I encourage you to check out that Audible offer. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.